Hello, and welcome to mysisterskeeper.blog, the podcast. My name is Marcia Cato, and I'm so excited for you to join us today. I believe sisterhood is so much more than biological. It is a choice, an intentional decision to involve yourself in the life of another and in turn invite others to engage in your life. As a single mom, the vital role my sisters play in my life has never been clearer to me. Join my sisters as we explore motherhood with all its joys and challenges, co-parenting, mental and emotional health and wellness, and this beautiful thing called community. My aim here is simple, to engage a community of sisters, to share real life experiences and the lessons we've gleaned from them. Come with us as we journey to discover deeper connections as sisters, as human beings, to repossess the embodiment of community. This is Great day, my sisters, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. No, you have not turned into the wrong podcast. This is, in fact, me, Marcia Cato of my sister's keeper.blog, the podcast. I have just had the busiest of weekends and uh, got a little chilled one evening that I was up late and my voice has gone away. Fortunately for us all, I need to do minimal talking for this episode. Just introduce uh, our segment. So I'm going to keep my speaking for this episode as brief as possible so that we can get to the part where you can understand what I'm saying, right? (laughs) As always, thank you so much for being here with us, for taking the time to tune in and listen It always means so much to me that you would spend your time here with us, and today is no different, so thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, season one, episode 20, episode 20, you guys, I can't believe we are here. Um, We are tuning back into that conversation with my brother and my sister, Michael Cato and Michelle Cato Williams, talking about uh, grief and the holidays, sharing our story um, of loss of our mother, the loss of our mother, and how we have uh, healed from that, if you will. Um, Not that anything is completely removed from pain or that we don't still miss her or we don't still grieve her loss, but that we have reached a place where that grief is nowhere near as acute and that we are able to lean on each other. Even in this conversation, you will hear the place where there are gaps in our memories and we fill in for each other and sort of fill in the details of that time. It's a really beautiful conversation, and I'm so excited to share more of it with you all today. Um, I will again remind you all that we are not licensed medical professionals, and that if you need someone to talk to, please, 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 please seek out help today. In the show notes, I have listed several different sites for places where you can connect with people, um, be it in person, there are some options in person, locally in your community, uh, where you can put in your zip code and search to see what people may be available where you are. And then there are options where you can connect with people virtually as well, as well as some different articles on grief and the holidays and different ways that you can cope. Again, I'm not going to go into too much detail in my speaking 
uh, commentary before we get into the interview today. So again, if you have any questions or I'm looking for some additional assistance with your grieving process, uh, with where you are and helping your family, helping your children, there are links in the show notes. Please, please, please take a look and see what is there. So without further ado, we're going to hop into this this portion of the interview and uh, see what we're talking about. Let's take a listen. Marcia, that you, you make me, you, your comment reminded me, one of the things, Michelle, you did with, um, with Trish Enville that I was so touched by and inspired by and then didn't actually replicate it, though I meant to, was you invited them, you gave them a chance to put in a box all of the things that at that point in time helped them remember Nana, like, what is it about that? What would help you remember her? Uh, and I thought it was such a beautiful exercise. And at the time, was thinking, you know, I should do something like that. And then I didn't do it, you know. And it's, it's those um, encountering the physical memories has been part of it. But because I've moved, you know, multiple times, multiple cities and states in that time, um, I realized the other way I would answer your initial question, Marsh, about what what brings me back and what triggers those memories and, and somewhat accesses those grief. I have an electronic journal that I've been doing for almost the entire 10 years. Um, I had, in fact, longer than that, but at two different systems, right? And the one I use now that I've used for the better part of seven or eight years, one of the features it has is every day it will remind you of all the entries you have from that day in, in the past. And while that can, the language is, you know, don't you want to relive your memories? And I've always read that quote with, yeah, some of those I don't want to relive, right? So I'm very thoughtful about what I put in there because I know that it's going to come back up, mm-hmm. right? There was some, I made some effort to go back in and put in dates of things that happened because they really are important to me, but I've also had to be really thoughtful about those. Um, and the reminders though, because one thing um, that I have been intrigued by is how much I forget the sequence of events. I remember them differently than they've actually happened. Mm-hmm. Because what I remember is the weight of them, the importance of them, something stands out. And it's easier for me, at least, to forget the order they were in. And yet being able to open up this little app that I have on my phone and on my computer and be reminded of the sequences is just so revealing almost every time it happens. Oh, I forgot this was before that, or, you know, that I forgot that this was connected to, or of clear was no way for me to know at that time that it would have been a couple weeks later that, you know, so those, those pieces. And it's a lot of that to, you know, the other piece, other way I would answer your initial question. Sorry. So those two points I wanted to just offer. No apology necessary. Thank you. I'll, Okay, I lost my train of thought for a second. That's okay. Um, one of the things I wanted us to talk about specifically were some of the ways that we've been intentional about, I guess, creating new traditions, if you will. Because while we now are intentional about uh, celebrating Christmas, we haven't celebrated Christmas together since 2009, correct? That's right. Not, not all of us. Like I've celebrated Christmas with Michelle a couple of times. Maybe, maybe more than a couple, actually. But um, all three of us haven't been together for Christmas in a lot of in a, in a while. So I wanted to delve into some of the ways that we 
are proactive about, um, sorry, some of the ways that we are proactive about connecting during this time of year, um, not just at Christmas time, but even in advance of, of Christmas. I know for me, I'm really conscious of the time, honestly, from like October 1st, because try as I might, there are specific dates in that timeline, in that three-month window that are forever etched in my memory. And even if I don't look back at a calendar, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like it's hardwired. And initially in those first couple of years, um, I didn't recognize it for what it was. It's as I was, I think I was in a counseling session with Keisha as we were talking about something else and we got into what time of year it was and what had happened and when mommy had passed. And she's like, when did she go in the hospital? And what happened here? It's like, well, Marsha, this is, this is that time of year. You, you probably are just literally walking through that history in how you are feeling right now. And being able to see that has been so helpful for me and in um, seeing friends even walk through grief, sort of giving them that same precursor to say, hey, just so you know, the closer you come to this window, the closer you come to this um, anniversary, there are some things you probably should look out for. You may not be able to prepare for them per se, but at least you won't be as taken by surprise. You'll know what it's rooted in, at least. I was going somewhere else with this. My question was to be, <laughs> what are some of the ways that we've been intentional about um, connecting with each other, creating new traditions, um, and ultimately honoring mommy's memory as we have been um, walking through the last, is it 12 years? Or are we going on 13 now? I think, I think we're going on 13. This December. I think this December would be 13. That's correct. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, I think that our Thanksgiving tradition is powerful enough to carry me through. You know, we start planning just that little text. Can't wait to get together for Thanksgiving. And how we, um, it, it's not just a Thanksgiving holiday, but it is our holiday. We do everything. We celebrate. We, we exchange gifts. And, you know, this year we're getting Christmas pajamas for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I, I think that um, the fact that we get together and that we're intentional about getting together in the summer for a week as well. Um, those two things I hold close to my heart. And, um, you know, the fact that our our love and our connection, our bonds have just grown stronger with time, you know, that there are people who have siblings that they don't like, that they don't they don't get to see. They don't they don't know what's going on in their lives. They may or may not care that that is so foreign um, to me. Um, you know, I think that 
just treasuring our love is another it's not necessarily a tradition, but those traditions helps to foster that. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Both of those points, Michelle, because that, that I was thinking the same thing that we didn't grow up with a consistent um, practice of vacation. You know, right. we, we, we would do vacation, but it wasn't it wasn't this regular cadence that you could count on. We knew when we were going to go on vacation, that kind of thing. And um, a lot of that was money, but there were other pieces, too. Um, and so having the opportunity to do it and then being super intentional about choosing to spend those times together, I think, has been for me part of that, that legacy of how do we stay connected to each other? You know, the first couple of years, we also would get together on mom's birthday. You know, I took pictures of us being up in Asheville together on, I think it was her first birthday after she passed. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so it's one thing that I've always appreciated. What I would add to that for me as well is the reason I haven't been with you all on Christmas is because I've been with Heather's family and it's Christmas was, is the big tradition that they've held to. And when she and I were first dating, she, you know, had just helped me understand that one of the priorities for her and her family. And it's funny because I don't even think I have said this to her because I don't think I made the connection before. One of the things I've done there um, just quietly is um, doing some things for her mother that I would do for mom. Mm. Right? Um, and sometimes they're small, right? That, um, you know, she'll give me, try to give me money back for something, like sometimes just a, a meal that I picked up or whatever. Um, and for years, because the family traditions around money are just different, um, she would make the offer all the time, still does, you know? And so finally one day I said there, I was like, look, I just want you to understand that what I used to tell my mom is, you know, some version of you birthed me. right? So this is me getting a chance to pay you back, you know, and because I've lost my mother, you know, this is my chance to be able to contribute back mm -hmm. you know, to Heather's mom. Mm -hmm. And she was touched by it. Mind you, she still makes the offer, but I think she better understands why those are important to me not to take, mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and to be able to contribute back. So even though I'm not with you all um, on Christmas, there are aspects of our traditions with mom that I find I still have with me. Uh, mm -hmm. no matter what. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's, and it's beautiful that you, um, that you honor, you honor Heather's request to be with her family for Christmas, because just as our Thanksgiving holiday, <laughs> that time is important to us, it's important to her and to her family, you know? And so that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. As you were um, recalling the, t the ways that we would get together for mom's birthday, I'm reminded of even I think it was the first year, it may have been longer than that, that we would get together once a month, one weekend a month, we would get together initially. And literally, it's like we were marking time. Mm -hmm. And initially, when the, when the grief was so raw, that was sort yep. of an anchor. It was an anchoring point to be able to have that touchstone to say, okay, we're still, we're not just still here. Yeah. But we are slowly but surely thriving and walking forward. Yeah. 
One of the things that um, my grief counselor said to me that I remember so clearly, I don't remember what I'd said to him in session one day, but he said something to the effect of, Marsha, you choosing to live on and move on, if you will, is not leaving your mother behind. She's always going to be with you. Mm-hmm. And you remaining stuck here doesn't do more to honor her memory. Like you being able to find a way to continue to walk and continue to live while carrying her memory with you will be a greater honor to her life than you remaining stuck in this place where you can't function. And I'm sure I cried, I sobbed, did lots of that in his office. <laughs> um, but I was just so stuck by it. Um, I think it was, man, it was a long time. I think it was maybe, it was July. It was July after mommy had passed because there was um general conference in Atlanta that year. And I had an opportunity to go and I was having the hardest time making the decision to go. Um, I was still living at the house. I hadn't moved out. And being there, while cathartic in some ways, was it was paralyzing. Like there were certain patterns that I, I couldn't let go of. Um, the sleep and wake pattern. I would wake up at the same times when we would normally wake up to go check on her. And because I would wake up awake, I'd get up and do stuff, go do laundry, clean the house, dishes, you name it. Um, And it took a long time for me to be able to break that cycle. I do still wake up during the night, but it is not anywhere near as bad and is more related to my cell phone addiction than anything else. Let's be real. Let's be real. (laughs) But I appreciated how Kelly pushed me at that point to really, however uncomfortable and hard it was for me to do but pushed me to leave the house because I was having such Mm -hmm. a hard time leaving he's like what's going to happen if you're not here Marsha what's going to happen if you're not home nothing's going to happen the house will be there you will come home and you'll go back to work choosing to take this time to stop with the work and the hustle and the push is not going to keep you from anything and you choosing to embrace a time of vacation to embrace a time of joy essentially is not dishonoring her memory and I'm just I'm really struck by how pivotal that was for me I realize that's not technically holiday or related but that memory just came back to me so clearly And look where we are now, you know, what have we, what have we been able to do and accomplish in the years since I still, sometimes I just uh, think about the things that she's missed or that we've missed with her, but we've been able to do them and we've been able to find joy in the things that would have absolutely she would have absolutely enjoyed you know so 
you can imagine my number one, and Marsha, I expect you can relate to this, is my son. Of course. And Sammy knew, um, Heather had told him, we had told him that I was going to have the call with you all tonight. And so before he went to bed, he came in, he did it three times. He came in, wrapped his arms around me and said, Daddy, I'm sorry that you lost your mother. <sighs> you know, um, and he's he's a really empathetic kid. Um so we've had this conversation before and I always tell him like, you know, my mom would have loved you. If there's anything that I am ever sad about, it's because she never got a chance to meet you. And we've explained that, you know, the way that you were loved by Auntie Mishy and Auntie Marsha, you know, that gives you a sense of what her love would have felt like. Right. Um, so there's that part of it. Um, but also just watching the fact that, that I have a son at all, right. Um, and that he is so expressive with his love, uh, to me, feels like it's part of that legacy as well. That's right. You know? That's right. That's right. Because that's, that's how she was. Yeah. Exactly. So even though he may not have met her, she is a part of him through you. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to stop there with our conversation. Uh, We're going to stop in that portion of the interview and take a pause for this week's episode. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast today. And I really hope that this conversation, this this very cathartic and uh, uh, really healing conversation with Michelle and Michael, that it uh, sparks something in you. And if there is some loss that you've experienced in your life, you'll take the time to reach out to someone for additional support, additional help. Um, Medical professionals, mental health professionals can be so helpful in walking through the grief process, no matter what stage you are in. Maybe some time has passed and you're realizing there's some things you have not addressed. Please, please do not hesitate to reach out to someone. It can mean Uh, the difference in getting stuck in a place and being able to move forward in a more healthful pattern. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for bearing with my frog voice and prayerfully by the time I'm back for what I think is going to be the last episode for this season, episode 21. Oh my goodness. Um, I can't wait to finish out this season with you sisters My sisters, thank you so much for all that you've done for showing up for this season and for coming with me on this journey. And I hope that, as always, this episode has been of help and of meaning to someone. I'll see you all next week. Have a great one. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the MySistersKeeper.blog podcast. My hope is that you will hear a little of your story or your sister's story in the experiences we share here and know that you are not alone. Motherhood is fierce, life is challenging, but I believe that the Creator will give us what we each need to equip us for the task at hand. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and rate on your favorite podcast app. Let our time together inspire us to show up and connect with someone today. Let's go out and live connected lives.